Welcome back again to Missionary Mondays, and we're here for the second part of Brother Ian's uh, interview. And Brother Ian, it's good to have you back on the episode here today, and thank you for doing this again. If you've not heard the first part of his uh, interview, go back. We got into his testimony, got into his call, and it was just such a blessing. And if you've not heard that, please go back, watch it, or listen to it. And today we're going to get a little bit further into uh, the ministry that Brother Ian has. This is Brother Ian Brown, and uh, go follow him on Facebook. I promise you it will be a great, great blessing. We found out yesterday about, or the last episode, about his his testimony, and then that he is a church planner in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, he's, a, he's a great blessing, been a great blessing to me. So, Brother Ian, we'll just get right into it. Uh, yesterday, uh, the last episode we talked about uh, your call and your background, but I want to ask you today, uh, can you tell us about the people that God has called you to, the culture, the background, the history? And it may seem odd that I'm even asking that, but because Brother brother Ian is a missionary here in America, in the States. But I want you that have this idea, and all of us that have this idea that uh, missions is just for overseas. I want that stigma to be broken down. And Brother Ian, where he is ministering, I believe if he'll talk to us about that, that it will open our eyes to uh, the need here in America as well. So, Brother Ian, tell us about uh, the people God's called you to. Yeah, well, thank you for having me back yes, on. Sir. It was awesome. I really enjoyed getting to uh, record with you for last week's episode. Uh, God's been very good to us. In in Boston, uh, in the Northeast in general, and I guess it really depends, you know, how you – Hello. my son right there. <laughs> so, uh, I guess it really depends how you uh, uh, like judge this area. You know, there's Boston and there's New England and then there's the Northeast. You know, the Northeast would technically include Pennsylvania and Philadelphia and uh, all that area. But uh, I would say this, the farther up you get into New England and the closer you get to Boston in the Northeast, the people that we're trying to minister to uh, are from a just pretty much a solid Catholic background. The whole area is very uh, uh, steeped in Catholicism. You know, I, I love, dude, I love shouting in church. Dude, I get fired up when I preach, man. You know, and I, I appreciate that about my friends down south. Man, you guys, you guys, you're not afraid to shout in church. And that's, that's true. And, and uh, I, I, I get knocked, I'll get knocked by my buddies all the time. They'll go, we know how you Yankees are. Like you Yankees don't ever get excited. And uh, we're definitely trying to break them with that. I'll say that we, I, I want them to, you know, I want them to, you know, I want them to be saved. I want them to know God, yes. you know, and, and, and that, that overflowing love that comes from your heart. Uh, but I think that right off the bat, one of the reasons that you, you do get that in our churches is because they all come out of Catholicism. You know, these, I'll say this, the type of people that we're trying to reach here, yeah, it is America, and they have heard about Jesus, uh, but these aren't people that are saved. You know, their mom, mom never took them to church. They didn't go, they didn't go with grandma. 
the, you know, down to the, the camp meeting, like that, that was, that's never happened. They don't know anything like that. All they know about church is, you know, come in, be quiet, Yeah. you know, be, be quiet, be, be quiet, stand up, you know, say some words, sit down, stand up, say some words, yeah. like it's, it's robotic. That's what they know about church. And so when, when they, when they come to our church or, you know, other, the other, uh, you know, uh, either Baptist or evangelical or whatever, when they come to, uh, uh, you know, I would say born again churches, if that's the way to, to turn it. Uh, when they, when they come into a church like that, it, it's a shock for them. Yes, sir. Like Culture right off shock. the gate, like, you know, and, uh, but they, they quickly get uh, over that. Uh, you know, the people we're trying to reach up here are, are very proud. They're really proud people. Boston is a proud city. Uh, they're, they're proud of their sports teams, you know, uh, they, their sports teams, you know, whether, you know, whether you follow sports or not in the last 20 years, all four of our major sports teams have won multiple like national championships. So, you know, they're super proud of it. You know, the same way, you know, down South, you guys, you know, Alabama and college football and SEC, you're very proud of that because you guys are the best at that. So uh, uh, they're very proud of their sports. They're proud of their heritage. They're, they're, they're just, they're proud of all of it. Like this is where America started and, and that yeah. fires them up. And they're, and, and, you know, we, we had the, uh, the Boston bombing uh, six years ago now. And I'll tell you what, man, th- this place, dude, th- these people are fired up. Dude, they, like, it's, it, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything that's going to offend somebody. I don't know. You know, I'm totally trying to like. Did it spark from- racism there? Did it spark any? Oh, oh, oh! I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, dude. There's, I'm, you know, uh, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Metro Detroit and Dearborn, just outside yes, of Detroit. Sir. We have the largest Arab population, yeah. uh, I think, in the United States. If you know, but uh, uh, and so like I'm used to growing up around Muslim people, and I know kind of how uh, different races interact with each other. Detroit is a melting pot. Yes, Blacks, whites. Muslims and, and everybody's addicted to drugs to get it's real like you know uh but I'll tell you what dude out here there is there's not a uh there's not a lot of love loss I think for you know stuff like when when they when they bombed the marathon dude Bostonians are pretty much you know they, I think they, they try they try to act like it's not but it's definitely there it's it's a, I'll be honest it Boston's ah oh man somebody's gonna crucify me for this Boston has its fair share of racism yes. in there. Hey guys, I'm doing a video with you right now and I can see y'all on camera, okay? So, uh, so uh, you know, Boston has its fair share of racism. I'll definitely say that. Dude, it's uh, when when we, we started meeting in a senior home and uh, dude, a bunch of the seniors, when I told them like, yeah, it's a Baptist church, I got asked multiple times. They, they go, is there going to be black people there? Or wow. people would say they go, that's a black church. Cause we, we say, you know, our, our name, it's Baptist church. And they go, Oh, it's a black, black church. church. Or I'll tell them I'm the pastor of this Baptist church. And they're like, you're white. <laughs> you know what I'm like? Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's crazy. I am white, you know, but like, uh, but that's, that's not like the entire place. Yes, Although I'll say it, it, it exists. And, and I would say it's, it's much more than, uh, I ever experienced living in the Midwest. Yes, sir. Uh, so there's that. 
there's there's just like I said, it's a it's a proud place. So proud because of their sports, proud because of their heritage, proud because probably because they're just they're really good at a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, we're very educated. Uh, Boston is the most educated city in the United States, like wow. per capita, per people that have post uh, uh, high school or post even graduate uh, degrees. I didn't know uh, you know, we have Harvard, MIT, Boston College, UMass. I mean, every every one of those four, four schools I just named. I live in Quincy. I'm about ten minutes from the heart of downtown, and every one of those four schools I just named is within like twenty minutes of wow. me right now. So it, it's, it's just, uh, and then on top of it, to finish it all off, they're all pretty wealthy. There's a lot, lot of money up here. And so what that comes together to make, and it's very disheartening and discouraging sometimes, is it gives you a people that are, the best way I could describe it is all that. That's something that we say here in Boston. When you, and I've said it before that they think it's exclusive to them. And I'm like, no, I'm from the Midwest. And I say all set. But uh, when you ask somebody like, hey, can I tell you about Jesus? I go, I'm all set. It could be anything, Brother Chris. You, you could say, you know, if, if I said, hey, man, like, you know, do you want cream in your coffee? They go, oh, I'm all set. I'm all, I'm all set. It just means I'm good. I'm all good. Everything's good. I don't need any help. Like, whatever it is. It's not even a bad thing. But to Christ especially, I think our problem in Boston is that we're all set. You know, you try to tell people like, look, you, you, you know, there, there is a real heaven and a real hell. And you are going to die in your sin. And you take the, the pride, the money, the, uh, the education, right? Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And then you take uh, a little bit of a Catholic background, which makes them feel yeah. like, yeah, you know, okay. I, I know God, I'm okay. And it, it makes this place in this city and this people that is just they don't think that they need to be saved. Yeah. And you sit here and beg with them and plead, and you're telling them and you're, and it's just obstacles, man. There's a lot of obstacles involved. Like I said, and on top of it, because it's such an expensive place, like this right here is my apartment. I won't give anybody uh, motion sickness, but I'll just show you, right? This is my whole apartment right here, dude. In this room back over my, my corner, or over my uh, shoulder here, uh, there's two two little bedrooms over there and a little bathroom. I think this apartment is maybe like 800 some square feet, and you know we have a family of four. We live in here. My rent is two thousand dollars a month. My goodness, it, it's so it's like you, you talk about like the 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 people in the place, dude. It's just it's it's a it's a wealthy place. The cost of living is very high. Yeah. Uh, uh, People think that they, I think they just think that they're probably better off than most Americans yeah. in a lot of ways they are, but then also in a lot of ways and probably the most, not probably the most important ways they're, they're as bad, they're as bad as it can be, man. I always think about the rich young ruler. That's what it always reminds me of where he comes and he goes, what, you know, what do I gotta do to inherit eternal life? You know? And he goes, I do all this good stuff. And Jesus goes, okay, well, you're lacking one thing, sell everything you have give it to the poor and come follow me. And he went away sorrowful. He goes, no, nope. yes, you know, because he was rich. He had all this money. And I'll tell you what, it's a blessing to be poor. Yes, it, it, it's a blessing to be, you know, it, it's not a good thing. I don't think to have all the money that we have and all the stuff that we have up here. Cause it just makes people think that they're good, you know? Yes, and so that's who we're trying to minister to. And it's, uh, I'll tell you this, it is, you've been to England before yes, the United sir. Kingdom. 
uh, uh, I have two multiple times. New England is rightfully named. It is much, I would say spiritually, it is much closer to going to Scotland or the United Kingdom on a missions trip than going down south. I'll tell you that. Going down south, dude, that's that's another world. You know, uh, it, it's it's not it's it's not it's not the same you know it's not so it's uh it's something else man and 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 that's not just in new england that's there's a lot of parts of our country that are like that the 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 northwest uh is unique uh in in the way it is the southwest you know uh you know really really outside of the outside of down south you know you have these regions of our country uh that in a lot of ways are not are not really uh being reached yes sir no, and it's it's disheartening. And we've got hundreds of preachers sitting on the church pews in the south, not doing anything. Yeah. They're waiting for a preacher to call them or a preacher to die uh, to get a place to yeah. preach. When the the majority of our 350 million people in our country have never heard the gospel, and, never heard it. And and I want to say one thing in defense of New England. We learned to shout from preachers from New England, so uh, that's that's who. Oh, yeah. we, that it, it's it's been passed down. Uh, that you know where Brother Ian is used to be the Bible Belt before there was yeah. a Bible Belt in the southeast, and there was still totem poles everywhere down here. They were having revival in New England, and yeah. uh, I, I'm and the paganism was still down south. They were having revival. And, of course, many of you know the story of Shubal Stearns coming down from New England area. And uh, that is the father of, of what we, we have today, the, the movement we have today. I'm thankful for that. And I want to say this, and I've been saying this for years. Uh, Brother Ian is in a very unique place in the fact, and he mentioned, he t- touched on it. You know, I don't know that there was any country in the world that had more light than England did uh, for so long. Okay, does that? I hope that makes sense. What I'm saying, they had so much light for so long. I mean, our Bible comes from England. Um, that you know, John Wesley, Charles Wesley, John Newton, K- William Cowper, uh, Charles Spurgeon. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. John Knox, all these, these great. Uh, and don't crucify me because I didn't just say Baptist, all Baptists, but uh, we can glean from other people. I know you're not going to crucify me, brother Ian, but I'm talking about the other people listening. But yeah. They had so much light for so long, and they were the ones that the 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 the, the modern missions movement, the William Carey's, the the Hudson Taylors, you know, uh, the CT Studs. They had all of this for so long, and they were sending so much out. And now I don't know of a place that's darker spiritually than England. I just don't. Right. Or, the, or let's say the United Kingdom. I don't know of a place that's darker spiritually than the United Kingdom. I've been to the middle of the jungle in Papua New Guinea. I've been other places that that have not had light very long, and they're not dark. That God's created a hunger in these people. But you go to places like the United Kingdom, and they, it is a dark place spiritually. The Muslims are taking over all that, and then you get you get to the Northeast where they by by progression got the gospel first in our country. And it's so dark up there. And uh, that, man, that is the culture up there, as Brother Ian's saying. And we need to be woke up to this, uh, awakened to this, that the fact that there are people in Maine and in Connecticut and Rhode Island. Rhode Island, okay. I've got a list of the 10 most post-Christian uh, uh, states in our country and cities in our country. 
And Rhode Island's like number two. And I, some of you may not know this, but the first Baptist church in America was in Providence, Rhode Island. And it is one of the most post-Christian uh, cities in our country. Now, that means there's no Christianity there. And there is a great need. I'm sorry, Brother Ian, but that, I, that all this was... It's just where he's at, and and there's yeah. such a great need. I mean, you're talking about places where the 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 uh, what was it Obadiah Homes and people like that. They walk yeah. those same places, and now we're having to send missionaries there. Now, here's my fear: we've never seen a great move of God west of the Mississippi, and we've got all these young preachers locked down in the South, either because of Mima and Peepaw, or their job, or their career, or their house, or their wife or uh, somebody trying to keep them under their thumb. And we've got, we've got a whole generation going to hell in this country. And yeah. my fear is, Brother Ian, you know, you've talked about the South, but I believe that the Bible Belt has come unbuckled. I believe God is turning the light off in the South because people are so desensitized to the gospel and because we've not sent out. The dead sees yep. dead because all it does is take in. It never sends out. And we are dying in the South spiritually because all we've done is take in and we've not sent out. And I, my question is, who's going to send missionaries to Georgia in 30 or 40 years if it keeps happening like this? Uh, because we've not moved west. We've not reached out. Who's going to keep sending missionaries to the Northeast if we don't have revival, if, if something doesn't right. happen? So. Man, what a, I'm sorry, I, t I took, I got, I'm, oh, I'm enjoying oh man, this. I'm, I, I, I completely agree with everything you That's just said. That's my burden that, in my that, heart, brother. That's the absolute truth. You know, she, I, we, really what we need is we, we need a, we need a, we need some preachers with that spirit of Shubal Stearns. Yes, sir. Listen, you know, keep going. If go into the wilderness. Down south, then, then we got to go. Do the southwest. Like Arizona, those yes, areas out there, that place is the Southwest dark, dude. It is, it is, you know, I, I get asked all the time, you know, because being a, a church planner and guys go, what part of the country needs a church? Like, dude, every part of every the country part. needs a church. And, and, and the other thing, and this, I, you know, I'm just, I'm going to be one. I don't even know who's watching this. So if you think I'm talking about you, I mean, if the shoe fits, put it <laughs> Where on. Are the shoes? I don't, I, 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 I assure you, I'm not thinking of anyone. I say this, dude, uh, Man, we a lot of times either a city will not have a church or it will have churches and, and that, that that aren't even just really trying to reach their that's community. Right. And uh, man, that's that's our, 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 we're gonna lose this country, man. I mean, if you don't yes, if you sir. don't look at the news, if you don't look at our country and see what's going on, and I and, and I know this is gonna upset somebody else too, but I mean, if you really think that the hope is in our government. You know, I, I traveled for a couple of years, dude, and, and, and I'm thankful for I'm thankful for godly leaders. Yes, sir. I'm thankful for leaders that aren't godly, but that make godly decisions. Concerned you know, I, that's most of our leaders right there. You know, from Nebuchadnezzar all the way down. You know what I mean? I I think you you get you get some leaders that make God thankful for that, but that is not the hope. I mean, so, the Old Testament shows us you cannot legislate man's heart. Like you cannot make laws to change man. Dude, Jesus changes man from right. here. They, they need to hear about Christ. And, and it, it blows my mind. We, we get so fired up about politics and going to rallies, and, but, but we don't even care that our neighbors are dying and That's going right. to hell with them. You know, and, and, and it's, I don't know, man, I, I'm with you. I've, I've been to England. That is the deadest place I've ever been. I, I think about my buddy Jody Hodnett over That's in right. Scotland. And, and man, I, I just, 
I mean, I love Jody. I love their family. I love Jody and Ginger and their kids. But man, I'll go over there and I'll go, man, this place, it's just so cold and it's so hard. It makes and so you thankful for Boston. I mean, yeah, really it, does. It, it, it does. And, and, you know, and so I feel, you know, but, but then on the other hand, I come back and I'm like, man, that's where we are. We're, we're headed there right now. And, and, and if we don't do something, man, our whole country's headed yes, that way. And put this it's, into perspective, the country of Turkey was a, is Asia Minor of the Bible, where Cappadocia and, and uh, you know, Philadelphia and Thyatira and Smyrna, all those those first century churches were grouped up in that in that at part of Asia Minor, and it is now modern-day Turkey. There's 74 million people, the last I saw, in the country of Turkey, and a less than 0% population of Christianity. And that's where Antioch was. That's where we were first called Christians in Antioch. And now there's nothing. And that's what's going to happen in America if if yep. something doesn't happen. I'll tell you this, and we'll, we'll move on, Brother brother Ian. But most people don't know this. I, I, was, I was praying about being a church planner in 2010 to South Georgia. And I know that sounds so crazy. But I know of at least six counties in South Georgia that do not have a zero, it is a zero percent of any kind of Bible preaching church. I mean, they don't even have a new evangelical church, okay? Six percent, or there's six counties down there in South Georgia, and that blows people's minds because they think Georgia, well, they've got all the churches they need. But we need church planters not to go across town from your pastor and plant a church because you're mad. That's called church splitting. But go, right. go, uh, go, go somewhere where they've never heard and and preach yeah. the gospel. So I, I want to move on, and and you kind of you kind of dealt with some of this by your first answer. But what's the biggest obstacle that you feel like you have there in Boston um, in in reaching these people? Um. You know, I, I would say a lack, probably on my part, a lack of the power of God. I, I need more power of God. Uh, since I started playing the church, I mean, I have always fasted. And, and uh, I know we're not supposed to talk about fasting, yeah. but the very, next, the very next part of the Bible says we're not supposed to talk about prayer either. We yes. sit here and go, I pray for you, I'll pray for you. So it's, we're not supposed to talk about it in a prideful way. Like, yes, look how spiritual it is. But fasting is an absolute integral part of the, the Christian life. If you're not fasting, then you don't even have a prayer life. I mean, that, that is like, that to me, that's entry-level uh, Christianity. Uh, I, I, need, I need more of God's touch on my life. Uh, uh, there, there is spiritual darkness here. That it just, I, I'm always reminded when Jesus goes, this kind cometh not forth, yeah. but by much prayer and fasting. I feel like here, as opposed to the Midwest, when I was uh, uh, on staff at a church there, and as, even as, definitely as opposed to uh, North Dakota, uh, when I was there, uh, here I feel much more often, and I am much more aware of the fact that there is a satanic, dark, spiritual evil in this place. And, and, and it is. It, it, it fights against our church. It fights against uh, my family. It, it is, I mean, the other pastors I know up here, they all feel the same way. There's a, you know, uh, but we have a great God for that. Yes, uh, honestly, the, the God will take care of that. I believe I, I you know, when I said I, I need power, you, I hope you understand what I mean. I, do. I am God. Dude, my, my, if I'm not walking with, I would be devoured quick. Yes, this sir. is the meat grinder. You wouldn't, you know, so the, 
that being said, the tangible thing that I, that, that is an obstacle is literally just a lack of manpower. Yes, sir. Uh, in, in, in our, in our church, you get to understand that, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a low, slow growth yes, sir. Uh, for church planners up here. And uh, the reason is because like I said, you know, it's, I'm not, for one, I'm not stealing anybody else's church members because there are nobody else's church members. Like there's not another church in town for me to steal some of these members. No from. church hopping. Dude, I heard, I'll tell you, uh, uh, I heard a guy say this and uh, he's a guy in North Carolina that started a church down there. And he just said, he goes, I don't know why any church planner needs to go on deputation. He goes, just start a church right in your house. Well, if that's what God leads you to do, do absolutely. Do By the way, I'm in this in this living room right here. We had church here last night in this How house. I'm sitting at this table. I literally sat here last night. We had church right here for two hours. Do we study the Amen. Bible? We prayed together. It was wonderful. So I'm not like discounting that. Uh, but I'll say this: there's some stuff that I think works in other places that doesn't work here, just because of the fact that we don't have that Christian culture that you guys have. If I started church in North Carolina in my living room. Just because people like Ian, I might get 15, 20 people that are disgruntled at their church that just show up to my end. Boom, boom, boom. And you're just, we don't have that here. Uh, So everybody that, almost everybody in my church, I've either led to the Lord or, uh, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. Most of the people in our church, either we've led them to the Lord ourselves. We do have a couple people that that were already born again Christians and were just searching for a church. So... Uh, it's not like a, it's not a barren wasteland. There are people here that are, that, that are, they believe on Christ. They're they're looking, uh, yep, absolutely. So we do have some of that, but it, I think it's the biggest obstacle is just manpower. Yes, sir. Uh, I would say this, man, we, we would be asked all the time. I like how uh, Charlie Clark at Solid Rock Baptist right, in New Jersey. Right, right. Yeah. I, I like, I like how he'll always say it. He'll just come right out and say it. He'll go, we need men and money. Yes, sir. Like he doesn't pull punches. He doesn't mix words. Like that's what we need. And when I was on deputation, uh, pastors would ask us all the time. They go, they go, be real, be honest. What do you need? And I'd say, do we need help? We need men. Ta- Sunday you know, school teachers, piano players. Right. In, in, if, if you can, if you can work, like, you know, I would tell people, I have a buddy who, who I've, I've just begged and begged and begged to come out here. And I'm, you know, I guess it's not God's will, but you know, he, who works at Lowe's and I told him, I go, dude, we have Lowe's here. Yep. Like, look, I'm not asking you to, I'm not asking you to, to come and, and pastor in the church for 40, 50 hours a week. I work a job. You know, I was at work this morning at 6am and I work a secular job. I love it. I thank God for it. It's a blessing being, being partially supported. So I only have to work a part-time job. Yes, I really feel like I get the best of both worlds. And I just, I bless the Lord that he Amen. allows that to happen. Uh, but I'm not looking, we don't need somebody that can do 40 hours a week. I just, I need somebody that can just disciple someone. Yes, sir. And you go, I don't know if I can do that. Can you open this book up with somebody else and, and just lead them through basic stuff of the Bible? Can you, I mean, look, you can do it. The Holy Spirit will absolutely help you uh, uh, to help somebody yes, else sir. to grow. We, we, we need manpower. Do we, like, I feel, to be honest with you, if this, you know, this is the last question, I feel like we kind of answered this in that first yes, question. Do we need believers? You know, we, there's churches in New England right now, a bunch of them, mine included. They, they don't have a song leader. They don't have anybody that can play any sort of musical instrument. 
you know, piano. Okay, so so my church, you know, people in my church get saved, but like playing piano is not really something that the average person does. It's much more prevalent in church yes, culture. Because many of you watching, you probably grew up in church, yes, and your mom or dad, you're gonna play the piano. Yeah. So that church is down south. You got seven, eight piano players. Yes, you know, and then you got us up here, and it's like what do we do? I guess we learn piano and that's what we're all trying. Like, here's my guitar over my corner. Yeah. I saw. Right? I'm just trying to learn how to play guitar because I'm honestly, I've been praying for three years for just somebody to come help with our song service. and I can't seem to get it. So it just looks like I'm going to you know, do it. I probably should have started learning three years ago, you know, in retrospect, yes, sir. I should have said, I'm going to be a church planner and I need to know how to play music, you know, but that's what we need, man. We need men. Wonderful. We, we need to, we need to watch a video like this. And we need, instead of sitting there going, yeah, I'm going to pray for that. Or I'm just going to, you know, yeah, God bless that guy. So, we, you know, we need to be moved to action. That's right. Men are, you know, men, especially any of you guys watching, men, you know, inside of you, you were created to be a person of action. Right. We're not created to sit back on our hands. Men are meant to, 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 to be active. I like in the book of Acts when Peter is in prison and the angel comes in and kicks him in the side and says, get up, Peter. He says, go stand and speak all the words of this life. That angel told him, he goes, you were in jail for preaching. He goes, get up, Do get back out there. And do the exact same thing you were doing when you got locked up. Go stand and speak. And dude, I feel like the church is just sit back, chill and relax. Yes, and that's, that's not going to do it. That's why we're in the mess that we're in. That's why the country is the way it is. Sure. You look at this stuff going on in Minneapolis and, 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 and the riot. The, the, I mean, America is hurting. Yes, they need real hope. They need yes, Jesus. Sir. He is absolutely the answer for everything. But if we're not willing to go, then who will? That's right. That's why I love the name of your page. Dude. Who will go? Yes, sir. Dude, I'll tell you, everybody should go. Everybody. Every single person, every Christian dude ought to be a preacher. I I, I have a dude in, uh, last night in our Bible study sitting right here. His name's Robbie. He got saved four months ago. And dude, last night, just right out the gate, I just looked at Robbie and go, Robbie, I'm like, you ought to really just pray about being a preacher. Dude. Yeah. You ought to just quit your job and just be a preacher. I'm like, I just say that to people. We go, why? Because look, we've been given this. We're supposed to be stewarding this. That, that doesn't look like me sitting at home. That's right. Dude, we got to go. Right. This whole world is going to die without Jesus Christ. There are 7 billion people in the world. Most of them have never heard the gospel, yes, and they're going to die. Wrap your mind around what it would be like to – could you imagine burning in hell for one week? That, I mean, that would be – but it's not a week. It's eternity. It's eternity. And, and I got to be honest with you. If you know that, if you know that hell is real, and you know that Jesus is the answer, and there's nothing inside of you that's moved to tell somebody – I think you're a goat. I, I just, I don't believe for a second that you're born again. When I got saved right out the gate, right out the gate, the very first thing when I got saved is I go, I have got to tell, tell people somebody. about it. And, I'm, and I know, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, no, but I, 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 I'd rather hurt your feelings. I'd rather you just be angry at me if, if it means that you'll search your own heart. But I'm telling you, man, when I got saved, the only experience of the gospel that I know of getting saved is mine, right? Yes, That's sir. the way it is. All we know is how we yes, came sir. to the Lord. But when I got saved, dude, it a heart for souls wasn't like an add-on. You know, it's not like buying a car where you go, well, that's an upgrade. That's a, dude, a heart for souls, a heart for souls. Jesus came to seek and to save yes, that which was lost. That's what he, he wasn't here so you could have granite countertops and financial right. freedom. Jesus didn't come so that, you know, little Billy could have a youth group to go to. Jesus came to save lost 
souls. And I'll tell you what, man, if you don't feel that fire in your heart over that, dude, that's not, dude, something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. I, I don't, I don't believe it. When I got saved, the very first thing that I thought about was I've got to tell people and do 12 years later, it's still the very first thing on the forefront of my mind is I've got to tell somebody. That's okay. it. If you're watching this, I'm sorry. If you're watching this and you're going, yeah, I just don't really feel that way. If I were you, I would really, I would fast right now. I'd start fasting. I'd get down on my face on the floor and I would just start praying and asking God to search your heart. Maybe your knowledge of Jesus is just an up here knowledge. Yes, sir. Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody told you that you prayed a prayer when you were five and you're trusting in that. Hey, listen, maybe you did, but something's not right. And maybe right now you just need to ask God and say, God, why is my heart so cold for yes, souls? Sir. I have to do that sometimes, dude. Sometimes I, I, my flesh gets jaded and gets, and I have to beg God, God, remove the callus from my heart. Yes, Why don't I care about people the way that I'm supposed to? And I beg him, and man, I'll tell you what, that's a prayer God will hear. Yes, sir. Dude, God will set your heart on fire. Yes, sir. That's what we need. We Amen. need men on fire. Yes, sir. That's what we need. The biggest obstacle here is a lack of men on fire. Yes, that's what we need. That's so. the, that's the mission of the page, as Brother Ian's already already said. But we need men. For so long, the emphasis of missions in America has been money, and we need money. I could not do what I'm doing. Brother Ian could not do what he's doing if it were not for the churches that support us. And we're not minimizing that. But it's almost like you know, money's a a big hot topic when you're talking about that, but it's even a hotter topic when you start asking people to consider going. And we've got to break down the stigma of we don't need churches in America. We need churches in America. We've got to break down the stigma that you've got to be a God-called preacher to go and be a missionary. The brother Ian and his family will be help, will be happy with a, a wrench-turning mechanic that knows his Bible and his wife yep. plays the piano or the harpsichord or the, the, the flute, yep. for that matter, uh, just yep. something to go up, teach Sunday school, work in the kids' ministry, go knock doors. You don't have to. And, and here's the thing. He's in America. If he was in Papua New Guinea, you'd have to get a work visa or a missionary visa. If you get a missionary visa, you can't work a job, and you and your family would have to raise support. But where Brother Ian's at, it's just loading up a U-Haul, moving up there, working your regular job, and doing doing mission work. And we're, we're, we, God, never meant for the church to be a cistern. A cistern is something that just holds water. He meant for us to be a channel. Yep. And we have quit being a channel in our day, and that's why we're empty. That's why we don't have. God's not going to feed into something that's not going to put out, and and we're, Dude, we're I'll, empty. I'll, I'll tell you what, man, and and, and you know, like because I've heard that too, like what you said. Then go over there, go, well, you know, we don't need churches in America. Well, let me close your church. Yeah, is that can I can I shut your church down? Sadly, some some people would probably be okay with that okay too. With this, I saw a study by the Barna Group a week ago where it said 48% of Americans that claim to be Christians have not even tuned into their I church's live last month. Dude, I don't believe it for a second. I don't believe it. I hate to keep using the word, but I, I look at that. I'm like, that's goats, dude. That's yes, goats. Dude, sheep know the master's voice. Sheep that's wouldn't true. go a month. They, we wouldn't be able to, you know. But, uh, uh, man, you know, when people sit there and go, oh, we, they don't, we don't need churches in America. Well, let me close your church down. Yes, sir. You know, I think everyone's figuring out in the last month or so how essential church really yes, is. Aren't we? Do we need churches in America? And I think it's easy for us to sit here and say, well, we don't need them. Well, yeah, you guys got five or six of them on every yeah, corner. That's right. 
you know, I got, dude, up here, my brother pastors an hour away. Uh, my buddy Nick White is the man, dude. He's in, he's in a city called Dedham. He's about a half hour away from me. But you got to understand. In There's a, in millions a of people. Hour, millions. There's just millions of people. The, the city I'm in right now, Quincy, uh, it's where John Quincy Adams is yeah. from. John Adams, John Quincy Adams, they're buried here. Samuel Adams, uh, uh, the whole Adams family, uh, except not the ones from TV. But uh, the, uh, uh, you know, that, that's where we're all from. We're right here. This city is not that large land-wise. I don't know what it is, maybe a couple square miles. And you, we got 100,000 people just right here. There's 100,000 people just right outside our doors. Yes. There's people everywhere. You could honestly, with, with the amount of time it takes, to knock doors and disciple new believers. I, I remember I was in North Dakota. Uh, I don't remember how I came to it, but just knocking doors all the time. I figured out that if there was more than like 20,000 people in an area, then I myself could not knock doors and disciple and train up people yes, fast enough to continually get the gospel out. And I, and, it, and I don't remember how I came to that math, but I'm, 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 I'm pretty like, I'm pretty, I'm kind of a stickler about that stuff. When I sit down to figure something out, I really want to figure out like numbers and I want to know, uh, I'm in a city of a hundred thousand. I'll tell you right now, if four other churches came and started here and there was four other guys, if there was five of us just out knocking doors and discipling who we wanted, we're not going to step on each other's that's toes. Right. And that's just in my little city. We're just south of downtown Boston. There's there's five million other people out here. Providence, what you mentioned, yes, Providence is 45 minutes that Wow, way. I didn't know you were that close. It, it, you, Providence and Boston are like maybe Queen an City. hour apart at the moment. Yep, it, it, and there's cities all over New England like that. Yes, my, my brother Aaron, the one who led me to the Lord pretty much, or the, you know, I'm, I'm saved because he was praying for me. Uh, he pastors in a city called New Bedford. I think we mentioned that yes, last sir. week. Dude, he got like 120,000 people in that city. And he is like a stone's throw over to Providence. And between him and Providence, it's just city after city after city after city. I mean, I could name cities to you right now uh, that you probably, you've never even heard of, but that are just as big, if not bigger than most cities in other parts of the country. And, and they're me, just on each other. Let me put that into perspective. I live in a county, my home county has a, uh, we're right outside of Metro Atlanta, 150,000 people in my home county. That's not a city. That's just a county. So we're we're pretty spread apart. And the last time I checked, there are 66 Baptist churches in my home county. And uh, now that's every different flavor of Baptist, okay? But you're talking about 66 churches that even if it's accidental, somebody's accidentally preaching the gospel you know, ever right. so often, okay? Right. Uh, I don't agree with everybody's eschatology and everybody's separation, everybody's doctrine, but I'm talking about 66 churches that even if it's by accident, uh, they're giving the gospel out ever so often. And that's 150,000 people. He's talking about cities with hundreds of thousands and some of them millions of people with no churches. Yeah, so Boston proper is very small. Uh, they don't annex. Like I, when I before I was saved, I, I lived uh, for a couple of years in Chicago when I was going to school out there in college, like 19, 20, 21. And uh, Chicago's massive. Mm -hmm. Land-wise, Chicago's huge because they just annex all the neighborhoods. 
in in uh, in Boston, they don't do that because of the historical. You know, it's they're they want things to be preserved historically. Right. So just in Boston itself, like downtown Boston, Dorchester, Jamaica Plain, Mattapan, trying to think of the other neighborhoods I'm missing. It's like 700,000 people just in that tiny area. And that from here to there, that's just uh, that's a little bit over a mile north of here where I'm at right now. You know, my, my city is the very first city that's not technically Boston you know, outside of Boston. So we are just immediately south of Dorchester. And uh, I mean, so yeah, within a couple of miles, there's absolutely, there's well over a million people within just a couple miles where I'm at right now. No churches. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. You said we have like 66 churches. I mean, 66 steeples. And that's not counting, brother, that's not counting Methodists. That's not counting the Pentecostals or the New Age movement. That is just Baptist churches in my home county. That's crazy, man. That's, 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 you know, I don't know if there's 66 Baptist churches in New England. Well, <laughs> and I want to tell you this, the reason most of those people, but most, there's so many churches is back in probably the sixties, there was probably only 33, but then, um, everybody got upset about the premillennial and all millennial do- doctrine argument. And literally most of those churches are just splits off of other churches. I mean, I mean, yep. I'm not being ugly. That's just what they are. And we're right up on top of each other. Everything's family owned and operated. And um, it breaks my heart to, to know that there are places in our country like where Brother Ian's serving. And we can't even get somebody to go teach Sunday school. So uh, he said something about a building earlier. That Catholic culture, I want you all to understand this, that Catholic culture, they associate church with a building more so than Baptists do. Uh, and yes. if you are in that culture and you do not have a building, most of the time those people are not going to come. I was witnessing to a woman down in Texas, Texas years ago at a hotel room uh, on an Army base or Air Force base. I was staying there with a friend. We were running a revival down there. And the woman, we invited her, and she said, well, where's that at? And then she, she, was, from, uh, she was from Europe, and she started criticizing our church buildings here. And I said, well, ma'am, number one, uh, the reason y'all had such nice church buildings in Europe is because the Catholics uh, forced people to pay taxes for them. <laughs> and I said, but number two, it's not about the building. It's about the body of Christ. We are the building. And, uh, it, but they connect that. And most of the time, they're not going to come if you don't have a building. So it's very important what he said about that. And, uh, I, man, it's, uh, I, I just want you all to know that Brother Ian, Ian is a blessing. And I, y'all have already realized that. But if you want to, if and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I didn't ask him ahead of time. But if you want to go up there and spend a week laboring with him or, and see what their church services are like, I, his, his, his contact information is going to be in the description of the video. And if you're listening on the podcast, it'll be on the description there. Please, please go up there and see him. Spend a week. Spend a week and a half. Take your family vacation instead of feeding our flesh. Feed the spiritual man. Take your family yeah. vacation and go up there and see see what God will do. See what God will do. Yeah. Thine eye hath affected in the heart. We always want to take people to Zimbabwe to a missions uh, trip. Uh, you know, go somewhere tropical so we'd have a little vacation. Go, go up there to Boston and see what God's doing there and where God could use you. God may not send you to Boston. God may send you to to, to Phoenix, Arizona. God may send you outside of Los Angeles where there's millions of people going to hell 
uh, from a city that's never been reached. But God wants to send you, no matter who you are, God wants to send you. We're running out of time. We're running out of, we're running out of this time that we have. And uh, Jesus is coming back soon. And there's going to be a lot of people go to hell wealthy and educated in America. And uh, the blood's going to be on our hands. I believe that, Brother Ian. The blood of this generation is going to be on our hands. So, yep, we we, we gotta. We I think we have to, you know. Uh, I, and I don't know, maybe in other parts of the country, but the 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 consensus, uh, among, you know, myself and my peers up here, a lot of church planners and pastors in the Northeast is just, you know, we, we've gotta we've gotta start getting out of our comfort zone. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, most of the pastors I know up here are bivocational, you know, so if you don't want to work, you know, the minute, you know, ministry is not for sissies. Okay. Like Todd Belch said that all the time. He goes, it's not a place for sissies. Like if you don't, if you're not down to work and work with your hands, work hard and love people, then it's, you know, it's not, it's not a good place for you. You know, stay in mom's basement and That's do whatever right. you're doing. Play video but, games. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing too, like you just, you nailed it. That is the truth about having a building. It, it's I have been told that I, I had a lady flat out tell me like like I think she was trying to be nice but it was like it ripped my heart out and, and she's an older lady she goes well she goes when you guys get a building then you'll finally be a church Man. I'm just like you know and you'll invite people to your house and they're like what like people up here down I went down I've been door knocking down south with my buddies a couple different times and, and right where you're at in the, the Atlanta area and uh, man you'll knock on somebody's door and even if they don't want to hear it they're usually like fairly nice and how are you doing? Or, or they'll come out and talk with you here. You knock on somebody's door and they're like, what do you want? You know, and, and you're like, well, you know, I'm Ian, I'm from this, this, this. And it's very like, so, you know, uh, coming in, inviting them to my house to study the Bible, we do it. Uh, but it, it is, it is, uh, it's a cultural hurdle to overcome. They don't, they don't realize they're, they're all Catholic. So to them, the church is that building. It is that place. Like, so you're trying to tell them, no, we are the church. I mean, I must have been what what the the Pharisees looked like when Jesus was like, "No, I'm going to rip this temple down and rebuild it." Like, I'm what are you the temple. Talking? I am the temple. You know what I mean? Like, they're not. And uh, I think we need to get over that stuff. We're, we're going to have to realize, like, look, man, you know, uh, we're going to have to get outside of our comfort zone. We're going to have to. You're going to have to get a place and start having people in your house. You're going to. You might have to start your your church from your home. You might have to rent a, a spot in a strip mall. You know, you might. You might never ever have a steeple on a building or white columns and pillars. You're not, you know, you're going to have that stuff. You're going to probably have to work a job. You're going to. You know, it's just. It's different. There's not going to be an office. That's that's the one thing, and I'll we'll wrap it up right here because I know you got to go. You're fine. But uh, that's one thing when I talk to younger guys too. I, I can't tell you how many guys I meet through social media, and they're going, you know what? They, they, either they went to Bible college, or better yet, they were discipled by their pastor, or whatever it is. But now they're sitting there, they're called to preach, and they're you know teaching a Sunday school class or something, and it's like, but you're called to preach, and they go, well, they go, I'm just I'm waiting for a you're waiting for what somebody else built. Don't you realize churches are closing yes, their sir. doors and they're opening. If you're waiting for an office to put your, for an office wall to put your Bible college Diploma. degree on, if that's, that's not what the pastor it is at that's all. Right. I don't even know where my, my ordination and my degree certificate. I haven't even, I don't even think they're in Massachusetts. I think they're still at a storage unit in Michigan. Dude, nobody out here cares if I have a doctorate in that's right. theology. Like, it doesn't matter to them. They are on paper. They are smarter than you are. They are be- like, you're not going to impress them with any of that stuff. What 
what I have found though blows their mind is a real changed life. Yes, sir. Like somebody who is actually living it because they're all, they're all educated. They look at you and they go, I have more money than you. I have an edge. I have all these things. Why, but you, why are you so happy? That, but they go, but they go, but why is it that you are so happy? And why are, why, why do you have such a good marriage? And why do your kids love you so much? And, and you're like, man, it's Jesus. That's right. And you've just got to be willing to basically look like a fool in front of these people long enough to where it just finally breaks them down and they go, look, I got to ask you. And they'll finally come to you and they will, man. I, I've led so many people to the Lord who just either I worked with or they, they watched me for like six months. And then finally when their marriage starts falling apart, they go, look, okay, I got to know what, you know, what do I need to do? Because my life is not what it should be, yes, you know? And, and that's just what it takes. That's what I think we need. And man, we need, we just need guys. We need men. This world needs men, whether it's Boston or Zimbabwe or Georgia. I think I have a buddy, uh, 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 J.R. Smallwood. He started, he started a church down in Georgia. And uh, I remember him telling me, because I'm going to Georgia to start a church. And I'm like, what? I'm like, hey, you guys have a thousand churches. But he, he did what you said, dude. He went, the, the, I forgot the name of the, it's where Brother Jody Hodden, it's originally from, like his town. Noonan. Uh, they go, yeah, they go, this town, they go, there's not a church or there's not a church in this county. And so they just went, you know? And so if you're watching, whether it's, whether it's down the street or around the world, just, just go, yep. just go, just sell everything you have and just yep. go follow Jesus Christ. Amen. Just sell everything you have and go follow Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Well, Brother Ian, thank you so much for these two episodes, these two interviews. Thank you, I, I, I've got two closing thoughts today. Uh, number one, there's a lot of people waiting around for a voice to go serve God. And when you don't need a voice when you got a verse. And he told us yep. to go into all the world. We don't need a voice. We got a verse. So start going. And number two, and Brother, Brother Ian just nailed it on the head. Nobody will care about the gospel coming from your lips until they see the gospel coming from your life. And so uh, I, I want to leave us off on that today. Listen, subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Uh, go over, follow the podcast. And listen, follow Brother Ian on Facebook, Ian Brown. And listen, go, go, do, go make a visit. Even if it's just a week, go take a visit. It'd be cool to go see... The, the Boston Commons. I mean, it would be there's there there's cool stuff you can do. I'm not minimizing that, uh, but go and and work alongside this family and uh, and see what God will do in your heart. So until next time, God bless you. And as we always ask, who's gonna go? Who's gonna go to this generation and win them for Christ? God bless you. Until next time. Don't you hear my Savior calling? I said, who will go and work today? Yes, fields are right and harvest waiting. Who will pass?